afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. You are tuned to 94.1 FM KPFA in Berkeley and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno and online at kpfa.org. It is now 3 p.m. Please stay with us for Cover to Cover Open Book. Cover to cover, this is Nina Serrano with my Poet to Poet series. Today's program focuses on the occupation movement with poems by local poets, Rafael Jesus Gonzalez, Poet Laureate Mary Rudge, and myself, Nina Serrano. We begin with a poem by Rafael Jesus Gonzalez, accompanied by Gerardo and Edgar Marin on flute and maracas. The poem is followed by our conversation on that theme. To Occupy, Definition and Mode We are here to seize possession of and maintain control over not the earth, but the world, not by military conquest, but peaceably without violence. We are here to fill up, take time and space to make known our grievances, to say that the earth and its riches are for us all to share with our brothers and sisters, our relations, the other animals, the plants, the minerals, that greed and lust for power over others, over the earth, are not virtues but sins, that the fruits of what we produce are ours to share. We are here to dwell and reside in, be tenants of the earth and of the world, a world of our creation, in which, as the great teachers have taught, love is the greatest virtue, root and source of justice, without which there can be no peace. We are here to hold and fill our office and position as citizens, not only of this country, this empire, but of the world, in union with all who hold sacred the earth, one another, our relations, the other animals, the trees, the brush, the grass, the air, the fire, the water, the soil. We are here to engage, to employ, and to busy ourselves with all peaceful means, to say that we will no longer stand idle in the face of injustice and knavery, in the face of perpetual war, in the face of power that is used only for the good of the few at the expense of the rest and of the earth. Yes, we are here to occupy 
and we will not go away. just heard Rafael Jesus Gonzalez reading his original poem about the occupations and he was accompanied by Gerardo Marin on flute and Edgar Marin on maraca. Muchas gracias Rafael. Muchas gracias hermanos. Beautiful poem. Muchas gracias Nina. Well this is one of the things that I find great inspiration in and great comfort that we are finally waking up as a nation, as a people of a nation, and taking on the responsibilities of citizens to oppose a government that is not ours, a government that does not take as its first responsibility the care of its citizens. It's not our government. It's not a legitimate democratic government, but one that is bought. And the economic system in which we live is not a viable economic system. It's an economic system that is not designed to take care of every one of the citizens of this country and of the world. It's not a viable or a legitimate economic system. And I think that we're finally waking up to that fact and we are voicing our objection to our stolen democracy, if indeed we ever had one. And it is this that gives me great hope that we may be able to create a democracy that is truly such and demand that our government not be bought, that we not live, that we live in a democracy and not a plutocracy where it is only the wealthy who call the shots. Well, this seems to be a movement that's happening all over the world. And I've even read people saying that where it would seem as if the impetus for all this was coming from the Middle East, I've recently read an article saying that perhaps the impetus was or the model was coming from Latin America, that before the uprisings in the Middle East in the form of their form of what we're calling occupations, Various countries in Latin America, through long struggle, put in people's candidates into government. And even though they are certainly at this point not perfect and haven't been able to achieve all their aims, the the writer, whose name is escaping me right now, gave as her primary example Venezuela. Because they were able to take the funds that comes out of the oil and spend it on the people. And certainly Venezuela did not resolve all of its internal problems. But it just recently was able to pay off its IMF loans and now take its money out of the U.S. banks and the foreign banks and bring the gold back to Caracas, bring the gold back to Venezuela. Or, for example, in Bolivia, when Evo Morales was elected president, and he certainly hasn't solved all of the problems of Bolivia by any means, but they have been able to put into law that Mother Earth 
has to be respected. And even though right at this moment he's facing a crisis around that very question about development work that they want to do there that is possibly violating Mother Earth and he has to cope with that problem, the fact is that the law is that Mother Earth must have a voice when these decisions are being made. And then she gave other examples of other countries in Latin America where these enormous changes have been made without revolution through electoral politics. But of course, electoral politics were years and years of occupation-style organizing. We can bring about revolutions through the vote and through the taking over our own power. Revolution does not necessarily mean that it's through violent means, but through peaceful means. And our biggest weapon is nonviolence. All that you point out, uh, Nina, is very much true. Nothing is perfect. Everything is in flux. But we have to put our goals in the right place, taking care of each other and taking care of Mother Earth from whom we come and who sustains us. Anything that does not take that as its primary goal, the caring of each other and the caring of all nature, is a fallacy and it's just not viable. It does not make sense whatsoever. We have to re-examine our myths and glean the truth from those myths and get rid of the falsehoods that has had us in thrall for so many centuries. The part of this I find, I guess I always have found upsetting, is that the road to nonviolent change often involves a lot of violence. Unfortunately, it's usually violence done against us. I wonder, Gerardo, as a younger generation, what are some of your thoughts and could you put the mic closer to you? Absolutely. Thank you, Nina. I appreciate that you asked that question. I feel that we are getting better and more and more refined in the way we organize nonviolently, peacefully and powerfully. Powerfully in ways where we're in the streets caring for each other, feeding each other, teaching each other, training each other, sharing resources, generating power that you can see, feel, touch. And while the system, the police, the, the trained plants are out there trying to provoke a lot of the organizers and activists into some sort of reactions, right, to give them excuses, you know, to be violent, you're, you're noticing that our people are more and more organized and more centered and grounded and more prepared for a lot of those tactics. So while they might have a few cases like here in Oakland and other spots where some activists retaliate or react, more and more we've learned a lot of lessons from past movements and you're seeing a lot more composure in the streets, especially when we're the ones documenting it, right? The popular media is going to try to show and exploit one situation of, you know, violence or someone acting rowdy of a sort and at the same time we are creating our own media and we're focusing on all the beauty the resilience the power that's out there in our young generations so one thing that really inspires me is to see a lot of the connection between our elders our older organizers our younger organizers our teenagers the children and all these lessons being passed down and the teachings just being realized as we're out there making the most of these spaces right we're not just out there to protest we're out there to really promote and to set those examples i'm very very moved to see how tight a lot of movement has gotten how multicultural multi-generational and it's happening and it's our work to really emphasize that and to 
show it and to celebrate it, praise it, and to continue to give our young people tools so they can be documenting it and focusing on what they want people to be knowing more about. You just heard a poem by Rafael Jesus Gonzalez and a conversation that included his accompanist, Gerardo Marin. This next poem is my own, and I'm accompanied on the saxophone by French saxophonist Paul Vertin, who I met at the Mission District Artists' Occupation in San Francisco to commemorate the UN-mandated day for the elimination of violence towards women and girls. Uh, the poem is uh, an octo and consists of eight lines in three verses. An octo for the Oakland occupation. Day. Preoccupied every day and night, living close to the Oakland OWS, listening for helicopters droning, hovering overhead, an encampment raid, someone dead? Listening for helicopters, living close to the O.W.S., preoccupied every day and night. Night. Awakened by helicopters, more police than encamped people, more people come in dark and cold, cops around, guns and riot gear ready, the interfaith tent is steady. In dark and cold, more people come, more police than encamped people, awakened by helicopters. Dawn. This happens when you feed the hungry, the protester said on Twitter. More people arrive to protect. In this dark and aggressive cold, the movement grows so bold. More people arrive to protect. The protester said on Twitter, This happens when you feed the hungry. You just heard... Paul Vettin on saxophone and myself reading my own poem. This next poem, also mine, is also accompanied by Paul Bertin on saxophone, called Fearless. Be fearless. Choose love. Fear of computer viruses. Fear of terrorists. Fear of the planetary extinction of our current paths of spreading diseases, of urban crime rates, drug lords owning governments, torture as a commonplace weapon, and humanless drones with only a button to press, to explode life to smatters and splinters, only a law to pass to steal it all. Fearless love is the only defense. Greedy power in my face like in yours wants to make us forget. 
But we cannot forget this nagging feeling, hardwired in the bones, wanting to belong snugly in the nest of our planet. Be fully accepted because we exist, and not for our documents, licenses, and wealth. From that innate primordial desire comes our fearless love. Peeking around the polluted rubble of destruction, the abandoned gas stations, the poisoned waterways, we look beyond and see other heads bobbing up and down, beaming the signal, calling us to show our fearless love. In the face of everything, fearless love, the daily challenge, ready or not, it is here. You just heard... Paul Vertin on saxophone and myself, Nina Serrano, reading my poem. So you've now heard three local poets, two local poets, sorry, commenting on the occupations. We now have a third to join these voices. She's live here in the studio, Poet Laureate of Alameda, Mary Rudge. Welcome, Mary Rudge. Nina, I wanted to yell bravo and clap my hands throughout this whole program. Everything that was said and the poems were so much, so meaningful, so much to the point, and uh, really, really eye-opening, you know, really mind-expanding. Thank you so much for having me, too. Well, it it wouldn't be complete without you. After all, you are the woman, you are the poet who was pronounced the uh, Poet Laureate of Peace internationally. So it just wouldn't have been complete without you. And I'm so glad you're here. And I wonder what poem you brought us today. Well, it's a poem, of course, about Occupy. And it's a sequence, actually, several poems in several different voices that I'm working on. So I'm just going to read one section. I'm thinking of myself in Hong Kong, photographing the effigy on the sidewalk of the student dead in Tiananmen Square, so that I will not forget the eyeglasses beside him with wire frames bent, crushed, lenses broken, The book's pages scattered and spattered with blood, the stuffed body askew, arms outflung and beaten, shot down as the real person was. They wanted democracy too. They thought this country had what they wanted. Now, the foreclosures, the homeless. Do you think... The movie stars, with their million-dollar on-location trailers, with a crack line on the dresser, cares. Do you think the rock star with the big rock diamonds and transparent underwear cares? 
Do you think the sports star that you cheer for with the ultra speed top sports car and contract in his pocket and the multi-million dollar lawyer to tell the court there were no steroids cares? Do you think the mayor's struggling to meet services, keep schools open? With millions cut from the state on down, will join you to occupy? Do you who block small businesses, line sidewalks, think that anyone who shoot another man or child in Oakland, even if the 1% gave it all up, would change? Occupy the street if this is your passion. Be nonviolent. Someone who uses a gun will shoot someone on the street in your midst before your eyes. Tell me if all of the people from all of the churches came out on the street and sang and prayed, would there be one less killer in the statistics of killers? Or that even one of the 1% would change? Look. It's the same faces I saw in demonstrations against the Vietnam War. Still here. Oh, oh, wait. It's lookalikes. These are their children. Well, I think that's the sign I carried. A child in Iraq died for my car. Painted over with today's slogan. But still, the same march, the same sit-in, Still in front of the military since, chanting with others, illegal to kill, as they took us to jail for our efforts to save lives. Father Vitali praying all the way. I thought I was again outside the prison calling capital punishment should be a crime at the school saying, don't cut the programs at the college saying, cut tuition. I have been here before. I have never left the demonstration. See where the sidewalk is crumbled and broken from the weight of so many demonstrations. See where my shadow stays permanently occupying like a tattoo there where the cement is so worn. The space before your eyes. I remember the song, The International. Their money is far away in Swiss accounts or tax-free in Cayman Island banks, safe from the U.S. government, safe from programs to serve the people. The elusive, exclusive, and powerful 1% are international now. What do they care for any country? The helpless have been starving in Sudan for years. The hopeless work for pennies in India and the Philippines. The hapless found no job in America. Immigrants can no longer harvest tomatoes in Nebraska. The crops rot in the fields. But the 1%, their neighborhood is not occupied. Their ride never disturbed. Their private jets take them above it all. The city offices are occupied by people elected to keep a city at peace, keep the city functioning, the library open, the health clinic, get funds for elementary schools, transit for people without cars. 
they are part of the 99% working to attract business to the neighborhood. The 1% are not concerned with local politics, small business and city streets they have never seen. This is not where they shop. They are far away. Their personal guards, servants with them. Their business staff intact. Their children do not need these schools. The 1% will be unaffected. They will always roll away. They roll up the tinted windows of one of their various luxury cars and are chauffeured away to another place. They turn the station on their car. No TV, no radio. Do not watch our news. They do not want to know our care. Thank you, Mary Rudge. You just heard Mary Rudge, poet laureate of Alameda, reading her original poem, on the occupation. Okay, that's one of about 13 segments. And, uh, you know, I have one about a student being pepper sprayed, someone sleeping in a bedroll by the lake. So I'm writing from all of these various persona and these various voices. And uh, I think this is all part of all of the voices that are coming to us from all over the world, from people that have a lot to say. Change always happens by people that you think don't have a chance but we do have a chance don't we i mean we are the 99 percent absolutely and you know i'm reminded of the way it happens you think it will never happen but think of poland think of the people who had solidarity there think of the people who had the Samostat presses, you know, this went around Russia and other countries where a poet or writer had only put five pieces of carbon paper in their typewriter and give five copies of what they typed to others, passing the word. And this is probably legendary, but I think of ancient China where the message for a revolution took place by people leaving their messages in the little tea shop and they were passed on and folded over cookies, which I think was the forerunner of the fortune cookie that has, you know, is, that we love in America today. And I think also of, um, the, there's a poet named Chu Yan who threw himself into the Milo River, uh, as a protest against injustice and today even now we have dragon boat boats racing in the estuary which are symbolic of the dragon boats of the boats that went out to save him the dragon of course is a king of the water and we're coming into the dragon year so this is so appropriate that we think about Chu Yan so Chu Yan if you want to make a comment about injustice it oh in all over to in China uh, you just say Chuyon. They know what you mean. And um, I'd like to dedicate mine to someone named Raymond Zach. Well, we'll have to save your comments and poems about Raymond Zach for our next program because we have come to the end of the program. It happens so quickly, so oh, very quickly. <laughs> Those were just wonderful <laughs> poems. And I want to thank all the poets for their poetry and to remind uh-huh. listeners that this weekend is the benefit for 
listener-sponsored KPFA, our KPFA annual crafts fair. It's the 41st event, and it's your opportunity to support free speech radio. This has been Nina Serrano for Open Book. My live guest today was Mary Rudge with pre-recorded poems by Rafael Jesus Gonzalez. Thank you for listening and have a very pleasant weekend. December 10th and 11th, KPFA celebrates all things handmade at its largest off-air fundraiser, the 41st annual KPFA Crafts Fair. I'm Jim Bennett, and I'm happy to be returning to the Bay Area and to be hosting KPFA's broadcast from the Crafts Fair from 9 to 11 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday, where I'll be joined by co-hosts Antonio Ortiz and Sally Phillips. You're invited to admire the exquisite work of jury-chosen artisans and craftspeople and enjoy live music on the mezzanine by the food court both days at the KPFA Crafts Fair, Saturday, December 10th, and Sunday, December 11th at the Concourse at 8th and Brannan in San Francisco. Support independent artists and musicians and KPFA this holiday season. For more information, go to kpfa.org slash craftsfair. And good afternoon, everyone. You're tuned to 94.1 FM, KPFA here in Berkeley, and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley. Also 88.1 KFCF in Fresno and online at kpfa.org. It is now just about 3.30. Love for you to stick around for free speech radio news.